Hey, so uh, welcome everybody. Thanks for uh, coming this morning. Thanks for the folks that are watching online and a part of the service. And we've got some special things coming for you guys as well in the next few weeks. And um, it's always good having some new folks with us for the first time. Hey, I got to begin with a confession though. Last week I got up here and I told you this would be the final Sunday of this series. And it's not. Like this week I, I was going over what I was going to um, share with you and then I learned some more information about thankfulness and, and I started to write the sermon out and, and I just discovered like I'm not going to be able to do this justice. So I asked John and, and uh, he said it would be all right to extend it one more week. So hopefully that's good uh, for you. We will see, right? Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to continue to focus on thankfulness this morning, and then uh, we're going to look at just how powerful thankfulness can be and how um, there are times where thankfulness leads to miracles. Thankfulness leads to miracles. So we're going to look at that this morning, and then next week we're going to try and wrap it all up and see how joyfulness and prayerfulness and thankfulness all go together. Um, so that's where we are um, want to just see where is everybody? Like, have you guys been following along? And so I want to ask you guys some questions, and, and whoever gets the right answer, um, at least one person is going to get a prize, all right? So, so go with me on this, and, and if, you're, if you haven't been here, sorry, like, you're probably not going to win. But the, the, uh, that's just, you can keep coming back, and maybe you'll win something in the, in the future. But here's the first question. First and foremost, what is God's will for us? What is his primary will for all of us? Anybody know that? Maybe raise a hand. Somebody knows the primary. What is it? What is it? That's close. You got part of it, but I, I want to hear it a little differently. No, no, no. What it, overall... Because all the, those are pieces of what's his first primary, what is it? To be in a relationship with Jesus. So that's what you were saying. You just didn't say it like I wanted to hear it. The, uh, but that's it. So that's right. So it begins with being in Christ Jesus. Like first and foremost, that's, that's critical. If you're not in Christ Jesus, in a relationship with Jesus, then all the other things just really aren't going to be possible. So I've got a prize. And I was thinking... We were thinking, actually, some of the staff got together, and we were trying to figure out what would be the right prize. So we're talking about, first and foremost, we need to be in this relationship with Jesus. And what does he do for us? Well, he saves us. So we got you some lifesavers. So here you go. There's the first prize. All right. All right. So next, what, what are some other things that are part of God's will for us? All right. So we got thanks. So... so I just wanted to keep you in there. The, um, so I'm thinking, what, what would be a good gift for thankfulness? What's a good candy kind of thing? That's a tough one. Could not really come up with much. But I started thinking about Thanksgiving, right? And how about candy corn? That makes you think about thankfulness and being thanks, giving thanks, right? All right, good try there. All right. <clears throat> so we're to be thankful. So we need to be in a relationship. We need to be thankful. What else do we need to be? Way back. Prayerful, beautiful. So we're to be prayerful, so we're to pray continually, right? So what would that look like? And uh, we were stumped. This is what we came up with. Now and laters, that, that is a good one. 
We may have to run out and get some now and later. What we came up with was the everlasting gobstoppers, right? Do you remember that? <clears throat> Did you know you can't find everlasting gobstoppers? <laughs> this is no joke, no joke. I mean, I went to every store almost in Roanoke, could not find them. Walmart didn't have them. Kroger, Food Lion, CVS, the dollar store, everywhere. All of them sold out of Everlasting Gobstoppers. I went to Charlottesville yesterday and found the one CVS that said that they had Everlasting Gobstoppers, and they only had one. And so here, here they are. I don't, I don't know that I can make that throw without killing somebody, so you're going to probably meet me halfway. But I would not eat this. Like, I would resell it right now on the Internet because... Lord knows how valuable these things may be. So well done. All right. So we've hit on the first. We, we talked about being thankful and prayerful. There's one more that we've been talking about. Joyful. What should we give for joyful? You guys are, you know the will of God. You can tell. Like, you guys, and so be joyful. All right. Well done, everybody. So that's uh, hopefully a little fun. If you're new, that's what we do around here. So... And we discovered all these truths about the will of God for us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, which says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so that's where we get it all. Now, we've hit all of those, and last week we started on thankfulness, and we're going to continue this week. This is part two on how we're called to be thankful people, that we're to give thanks in all circumstances. But as we pointed out last week, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to give thanks for all circumstances, does it? Because not all of our circumstances are good and godly. But here's the beautiful thing. This is how and why we give thanks in all circumstances, because if we are in Christ Jesus, if we are in that relationship with him, well, he's going to be with us, right? His spirit comes and is with us forever. And so that's a promise we have. We can give thanks in all circumstances because he's with us. And he will carry us through those circumstances. And on top of all that, he can even take bad circumstances and turn them for good. He can use them for good for those of us who love him and are called according to his purposes. So we looked at that last week. Now, today what I want to do is look at two biblical accounts of where thankfulness led to God's miracles. Thankfulness led to God's miracles. And the first one's probably familiar to a lot of folks. If you're a church person, um, we refer to it as the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all mention this miraculous event. And so um, you can go look it up. You can read it. And it's neat, too. When you do that, you get four different perspectives on this same event. And so I encourage you to look at it from every perspective that is uh, given to us in the Bible. But let me just retell you the story in my own kind of words. And here's how, how it went down. So Jesus was performing all kinds of miracles, and crowds of people were starting to gather and follow him everywhere he went. 
And so um, this was going on. He's, he's, he's healing sick people. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. And, and just more and more people are coming. Well, he's getting pretty tired. You know, and so are his disciples. So those are his closest friends and followers. And he decides, let's just get away. We, we, we need a day away, just some peace and quiet. Let's go to a secluded place. And so um, they're at the Sea of Galilee, and they get in a couple boats, and they're going to make their way across the Sea of Galilee to this secluded place. Now, here's the thing. If you've never been to the Holy Land, if you haven't been to the Sea of Galilee, you're going to learn that um, it's not really a sea. It's just a big lake. And so the people could see Jesus and his disciples in the boats making their way to the other side. And so they were so excited, they started running along the shore to meet him at the other place. Now, they were so excited that they forgot to bring some food, right? They didn't know how long they were going to be there. And so they um, make their way over there, and Jesus gets to the other side, and, and here come these throngs of people. You know what? If I was Jesus, you know my response? I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm trying to get away, just get a, a day of rest and solitude, and here you all come. But that was not Jesus' response at all. Thankfully, he is not like me. And uh, he sees all the crowds, and, and he, he just has compassion for them. He's full of compassion, and he begins to heal all the sick among them. And he begins to teach more and more about the kingdom of God and what that looks like and how that applies to their lives that day and to ours today. Well, it goes on and on, and now it's, it's late in the day. It's getting dark, and, and people are getting hungry, and there isn't a Kroger to be found anywhere. I mean, there's not even a Sheets. That's how bad it was out in this secluded place. And so Jesus uses this as a teaching moment, right? And so it, it's more than just trying to teach the masses, because I think a lot of this was lost on the masses. I think it was more about teaching his disciples about what the kingdom of God is really like. So he gathers them up, and he says, all right, look, I, I want you guys to feed them. And they don't, they don't have anything. And he's like, well, bring me what you have. And, and so they find this one little boy. See, he, this was a sweet, sweet boy because he had a loving mom. His, his mom loved him so much. She didn't send him out alone. You know, she's carrying like most of you moms in here, and she was thinking ahead like you guys do and made him a little lunch with five small loaves of bread and a couple small fish. And so that's all they could find. And so the disciples come back with this little kid's lunch. And they're like, here, Jesus, this is all we got. And he's like, that'll do. And what we see next is amazing. We see um, Matthew record it, and, it, and it says this. This is Matthew 14, verses 18 through 21. He said, bring them here to me. Talking about the, the loaves and, and the fish. And he directed the people to sit down on, on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. And he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls, 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. 5,000 men plus all the women and children Notice how Jesus took the little bit that he had been given and he looked up to heaven, looked up to God the Father, and he gave thanks for it. 
he gave thanks for the little, and then he broke it. And he began to give it to his disciples, who then in turn gave it to the crowd. And what did God do with that? He performed a miracle. He performed a miracle. And everybody not only got something to eat, but it says they were satisfied. That means they were full. The little boy was satisfied. And all the people, thousands and thousands of other people were satisfied by this meal. And it all began with thanksgiving giving thanks for the little that God had provided. And one of the things that always blows me away here, too, is not only was everybody satisfied, they all had plenty, but what happened afterwards? There were leftovers. There were leftovers. Twelve basketfuls of leftovers, more than they began with. But it all began with thankfulness. And then the miracle the miracle happened. And I think that's so encouraging, and I think um, it's something that we can really embody in our lives, that if we could be thankful like that, be open-handed towards God and, and towards others, I think God would move in mighty ways. But the, the reality is, how often do we cling to the little bit that we have for fear that it's not going to be enough? Have you ever done that? Like we, we cling to the little bit that we have because we're fearful that it's not going to be enough instead of being open-handed with it toward God and toward his others. You know, how often do we um, see ourselves as the providers, as our providers, instead of seeing God as our ultimate provider and thus giving him thanks for everything that we have? How often are we short-sighted? We see ourselves as the providers. And when you do that, you feel all the pressure, all the pressure. And then I wonder how different our lives would be if we would just give thanks for however little much we've been entrusted with and that we would just offer it up to God and be willing to share it with others. I wonder how different our lives might be. I wonder what miracles we might actually witness because I, I was struck by the fact that Jesus didn't pack a lunch that day. He didn't bring any food. And yet he took what little he had, he gave thanks for it, broke it, and shared it with others. And there was more than enough, not just for him, but thousands and thousands of others. You see, um, sadly, I, I think most of us have failed to experience miracles like this in our lives because we've been too tight-fisted. We've been holding on to the little bit that we have where sometimes we've been given a lot and we're tight-fisted with that and we're holding on to it. And we're not willing to really recognize that this is a gift from God and that I need to be thankful for it and, and offer it first to him and, and then to others. See, I, I think we're missing out on the miracles because... We're discontent. You know, we, we come from a society, a culture, where we just want more. Like, we never seem to have enough. It's always more and more and more. We never have enough. We're always discontent. And, and we look around and we think life isn't fair. You know, he has this or she has that. And if, 
if we're feeling like God has held something back from us, then what do we do? We just go take it. We go take it. Even if we don't have the money, we'll just charge it. We'll just go get it. We don't wait for anything. We don't wait for God to provide. We are just impatient, and we go and we take it because we're discontent with what he has entrusted to us. We fail to give him thanks. And because of that, we fail to see these miracles, these miracles of his provision in our lives. And this is not unique to us. Um, It's something that dates all the way back to the beginning of humanity. We see it in the Garden of Eden. We see it with Adam and Eve. They were discontent with what God had given them. And we know they, they were in the midst of paradise. And yet they weren't content because there was one thing that God withheld from them. One thing. He said, you cannot touch of this. You cannot eat of this. And what did they do? They grabbed hold of it, they clutched it, they took it, and they ate of it. And at that point, shame and blame entered the world. Death and destruction entered the world. And our world has never quite been the same because of it. And we still tend to have this level of discontentment. Our hearts cry out for more and more and more. We fail to give thanks to God for the little we have, or the much that we have. And because of that, we fail to see him working miracles in our lives. And I believe he's always working these miracles. We just don't have the eyes to see it. You know, and it's sad. But you know what what the answer is to that problem? It's thankfulness. Like, thankfulness begins to change everything. So all of a sudden, if you begin to be thankful... You start to see the the grip that you have on on your stuff, specifically your money. It it starts to loosen a little bit, right? And and then the more thankful you are, like you you realize what a gift Jesus is and that he came to give you life and and life eternal, life to the full. And, And when you really begin to be thankful for that, all of a sudden your grip loosens even more and more. And then all of a sudden you start to direct your gaze upward and you give thanks to God and and you even offer him back what he has entrusted to you because you recognize he's the provider, right? Not you. And so now you're open-handed with him and and he can take and, and he can give and you can see his kingdom come and his will be done and he's using you in the midst of that and it just makes you more and more thankful and and the greater your increase in thankfulness the greater the decrease in your discontentment and you know what can happen not only are you thankful for what you have but here's a miracle that happens you can be thankful for what somebody else has that's a miracle isn't it because our, our nature is not to be thankful for what other people have We're not even thankful for what we have. But you look at other people, and when something changes, this miracle happens in your heart, and you're full of thankfulness, all of a sudden you can celebrate, and you are thankful for what they have as well. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. That's the power of thanksgiving. And it enables us to recognize and experience the miracles of God, the power of thanksgiving. That's what really enables us to to experience and to witness these miracles of God. Now, Carolyn and I have seen this in in our lives. And um, it didn't start out that way. When we first got married, we were were really tight-fisted. I should really speak first.
first person, you know, because she was always more generous than me, but like always been tight-fisted and not felt like I had a lot, and so I just clung to what little I had for fear of losing it, right? And, and that just didn't seem to work. And then we, we began to uh, just decide we need to put God first in our lives, and we need to be more thankful. And as we began, began to be more thankful towards God and thanking him, for, for specifically like the money that he had given us, the provision that he had given us. And we began to give thanks, and then we began to loosen our grip on it and, and offer it up to him, saying, you know what, God, as you instruct in the Bible, the first 10% of everything we get, we're going to give back to you. We're going to give it back to you so that you can, can use it for your purposes. And as we started doing that, we became more and more thankful and more and more generous. Now, I got to tell you, in the early days of doing that, there, there were months, literally, where we weren't sure we were going to be able to get through, that we weren't sure we were going to have enough money or food to make it through the month, because we had determined we're not using credit cards anymore. So we're going to follow this biblical principle of uh, you know, being debt-free in, in that regard. So I, I remember what it felt like wondering how our cupboards are literally bare. How are we going to get through the month, and yet we just gave thanks for the little that we had. We were so thankful for the little bit that we had, and we saw God work in miraculous ways. And I, and I remember um, one time we had $20, and, and that had to get us to payday, and we um, were out with some folks and, and not sure how we were going to uh, even afford to eat dinner, and this couple said, we want to buy you dinner. Not only dinner, but a seafood buffet kind of dinner. You know what? And I'm like, thank you, God. <laughs> like, thank you, God. Like, I recognize that was a miracle, right? <laughs> you know, and, but it's because I had, had a little and I was being thankful that I, I recognized the miracle of that provision, right? I'll tell you another time. I, I mean, we're strapped for cash. And somebody comes up to me, literally, and hands me an envelope and said, God just told me to give this to you. And it was full of cash over $1,000 in this envelope. And they said, God told me to give this to you. I was like, oh my God, that's a miracle, right? And I can keep going on and on. I have story after story after story of miracles like that, of God's provision. And it began with finally being thankful and more open-handed to him and giving back to him and then sharing with others. But you know what I regret? That these stories that I could share with you, they're 30 years old. Like, I don't, I don't have a story that I can share with you that's recent. And it, it's not because I don't think God is still performing miracles. I, I think it's because I'm failing to see the miracles. Because as time has gone on, I'm not quite as dependent on God. I'm not quite as thankful for what he's given me. I have begun to see in our prosperity myself as the provider instead of God as the provider. And I'm afraid that because we become so prosperous now, like we really don't lack for anything in our family. We have a fair amount of money. We're not begging bread and in 33 years of marriage, we've never gone hungry. And yet now we have so much 
that I'm, I'm afraid that God's abundant provision that so often we call a blessing has been anything but a blessing. Because in my utter desperation and my recognition of my need for God to provide a miracle in my life if I'm going to eat, now that I don't have that sense of need and urgency, I fail to see the miracles. And yet I believe they're happening every day all around me. God is still my provider. He's still providing in miraculous ways. I just can't see it because my vision is obscured by a full refrigerator, a cluttered closet, a basement and garage that are overflowing, and I'm afraid all the stuff is keeping me from witnessing the miracle that God has for me day in and day out. And I find, because I have all this, I'm not quite as thankful as I once was. And maybe that's true for you, too. You know, sometimes we just feel like we've got to cling to what little we have because we're not sure it's going to be enough. And then other times we, we've been given so much and we're afraid that that's going to run out too and we cling to it and we're not thankful and we're not generous towards God and generous towards others. And we fail to experience the miracles of his provision. It's true for us. Maybe it's true for you. So that's one biblical example. Now, I want to share with you another biblical example and uh, this is commonly known as the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper. So you remember um, perhaps Jesus got together with his disciples to celebrate this Passover feast. That was their tradition. And uh, they were all gathered around the table. And, and Jesus knew what was before him. He knew that the people that he came to save were going to betray him. He, he even knew that some of the folks sitting around the table we're going to betray him as well. He knew that he was going to face an excruciating time of torture and that ultimately he would be put to death in the cruelest manner that mankind had devised to date. And yet notice, notice what he says and what he does. Matthew recorded it this way. This is Matthew 26, verses 26 to 28. Said, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do you notice the similarities between what was taking place at the Last Supper and what took place at the feeding of the 5,000? Did you see that? He, he took what little he had. He took the bread that he had. He looks to heaven, and he, and he gives thanks for it. Then he breaks it. He gives it to his disciples and ultimately to crowds of people. Thankfulness preceded the miracle because what is the miracle that it's pointing to? It's ultimately the miracle of Jesus' resurrection from the dead because he said in three days, I'm going to rise again. I'm going to rise again. That was not just a miracle for him. 
It was a miracle for us. And so um, when we acknowledge and give thanks to God for the gift of Jesus Christ, when we, in essence, take hold of him, when we consume him by inviting him into our lives and surrendering our lives to him as living sacrifices of praise, just giving thanks, saying, Lord, here I am. May I be broken for you and for the sake of others. May I be poured out for you and for the sake of others. All of a sudden, the power of thankfulness takes over, and we see the gift, this miracle of new and everlasting life that began with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then it, it continues in us when, when we surrender to him and he comes and lives within us and gives us the promise of his spirit, that, that stamp, that seal that says, you will forever live with me. And so we have this miracle within us. And then here's, here's the awesome thing too. Then we get to participate in this miracle again and again and again as God uses us, uses us to reveal Jesus to other people and invite them in to this amazing relationship with him. And so we see others come to embrace Jesus and to become followers of Jesus. They receive this new and everlasting life as well. And the miracle continues again and again and again. See, thankfulness. Thankfulness is where it begins. And thankfulness is the evidence that you have accepted Jesus. Thankfulness is the evidence that you have accepted Jesus. If you are not thankful for Jesus, you have not received the miracle and gift of new and eternal life. That's the bottom line. If you are not thankful for Jesus, then you have not received the gift, the miracle of new and everlasting life. But it's available to you. It's available to you again if we are in Christ Jesus, if we're in a relationship with him. And so let me ask you, as you look over your life, have you been sort of tight-fisted? Maybe clinging to the little bit that you have for fear that you're going to lose it, that it's not going to be enough? Have, have you failed to be thankful and to recognize, God, ultimately, you, you're my provider. Everything I have is yours. And unto you do I give have you failed to see that? Have you failed to witness and experience miracles? Like just some of the, the ones that I talked about, nothing as profound as the miracles that we read about in the Bible. If you, if you haven't seen those, if you haven't experienced those in your life, then, then I really want to encourage you. Look at your own life. Are you thankful have you received Jesus? Do you give thanks for Jesus? Do you give thanks for everything you have, no matter how little or how great it is? Do you offer it up to him, allowing him to use it for his sake and the sake of others? There's power in thankfulness. There's power in thankfulness. Let's pray. Dear God, we do thank you. We thank you that um, we can see miracles. Miracles like we read about in the Bible, but, but miracles that we can experience on a daily basis in our own lives. We thank you that you are our provider, that you're still working miracles of, of provision, whether it's, it's food and drink, whether it's money or 
um, other provisions. We, we thank you for the miracle of salvation and a relationship with you. We thank you for the miracle of the Holy Spirit living within us. We thank you for the miracle and promise of eternal life with you. We thank you for the miracle of peace and love and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit that comes rushing into our lives when, when we embrace this relationship with you. We thank you for the joy that flows forth from us when we are, are less tight-fisted when we become open-handed towards you and open-handed towards others. We thank you. We thank you that that is a possibility with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.